Welcome to Your Best Bets. We did the Masters over the weekends. Um, I'm also back from vacation. Uh, what, what did Cam Newton say that one time? I'm back. Um, <laughs> that's me tonight. Um, a- after a week off, first show I've not been a part of out of, I don't know, 160 podcasts. So it was great to be a listener last week, but I'm back in Fort Wayne. We got a lot of shows ahead of us. An important one tonight to review John Rahm's dominant victory at the Masters, his second career major. Uh, preview Harbortown this week, and just a lot of a lot of thoughts on a lot of guys from this weekend. A lot to get through tonight, so let's get to it. Johnny Strauser is here. Johnny, I thought instead of doing this whole Masters thing and this whole PGA Tour thing, we could talk about Indiana landing a crucial uh, transfer uh, tonight. We could do that instead. We, we we could yes we could we could um, if you want if you want to go that route I, I don't know who it was but i'm sure it was a very good tr- transfer that they got and very crucial it was and, it was uh yeah khalil ware from uh oregon he was in the top 10 of the 2022 class five star uh only he'll only be a sophomore so seven footer uh should be a good get we'll see well, why didn't I hear about that? I, yeah, I, I know they had, they were talking about a couple guys that they were in the running for. One of them went to Michigan. I think he was uh, I can't remember what school he went to, but but anyways, yeah. yeah, that's 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 pretty solid to get a to get a big like that. And now we'll let's see. be no, he did only average six and four last year, but uh, you know maybe Mike I, Woodson's going to unlock was, uh, his potential. Mike Woodson is just going to work with him and bring out the best, and we'll. We'll see. Yes. We'll see. Uh, you know, at least he didn't go to Purdue. Um, yeah, you know, like right. another seven foot big man, but he probably that's wasn't right. tall. He probably wasn't tall enough to be honest with you. So, yeah, and he wasn't, you know, like mutant looking enough, like a Zach Eady or oh my goodness, whatever. Um, but your your team, Michigan State, they got they got a pretty big. Uh, I mean, a retention piece to their team from from last year, Tyson Walker. Right, he's staying. Walker just announced he's going to come back, which is just humongous. And then they've got, um, I don't know what ranking they are in the recruiting class, but they have got some studs coming in. And if, if these guys are in that one and done mold, or at least that quality, you know, they could be, you know, they could be a top tier big 10 team, you know, as they normally are, but you know, one that actually contends for, for the title. So pretty excited to hear about that and uh, to hear Walker's going to be back. And I know we just ended college basketball just a couple weeks ago, but it's one of those things that it, it's such a fun sport to talk about and think about and, you know, just really latch on to certain teams and, and follow them during the off season. Michigan State is going to be a handful next year. I, I know it. And uh, yeah, the transfer portal has really added this element to kind of like Kind of like the NFL offseason now a little bit right after the season ends. It's kind of fun to see where these top transfers are going to go, waiting to hear uh, where Hunter Dickinson's going to go. Uh, guys like that that can really make a huge impact. If your recruiting class isn't there, which I use isn't this uh, in this coming fall, uh, a huge way to make immediate impact on your team. You kind of did it last year. Um, so see how that goes. Uh, let's get to the Masters. Um, unbelievable weekends. Uh, 
it was kind of choppy with with some of the weather issues. Obviously, um, I, I felt like Sunday was just a an absolute marathon day. After I we got done finished with the third round uh, in the morning, you know, you kind of got got to break and you got got some lunch or something, did whatever, and you got, got prepped for for the final round. But um, this is, I, I guess, the word that I think about when I think about what what the result was was inevitability with John Rahm. Um, we've been talking about it for a while. We talked about it in the fall preview show that John Rahm was going to be unbelievable. You've, you highlighted specifically, so credit to you. I, I just, we've talked about him having an unbelievably high floor, probably the highest floor on tour where I just can close my eyes and John Rahm's going to shoot 70 probably, uh, most rounds without even playing that well. Um, he has no weaknesses and I feel like he's starting to unlock performances in the majors. And um, I just feel like the sky is the limit and we got a lot to talk about with Ron, but what was your initial impression of his, uh, I, I guess it's, you could consider it come from behind final round, but it just never felt in question from about, I don't know, hole number six. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he was down for a good chunk of of the day, but it just, it, like you said, it never really felt like it. It was like, it's just going to happen at some point, and you could just see how he went about it every single day. I mean, for those who didn't watch like the entire thing or, or didn't hear about it, guy four putts the first green, makes double bogey, and immediately you're thinking, you know, that that for anybody – uh, whether they're a professional golfer or, or, you know, some guy playing on the weekend there, that's going to derail them for the entire round there. But he just, he, he just, you know, he probably was upset, walked to the second hole, didn't hit a great tee shot and just moved on and, and got it back really, really quickly. And, you know, I think, what did he shoot? 65 that first day with a double bogey on the first hole. But, you know, just the way he plays the game now, he's, you could tell how confident he is comfortable he is he doesn't ever get to the point where you see like desperate golf shots i mean you we we see a lot in the masters we guys got started to get pretty aggressive that sunday even just regular pga tour events um you know you see the the questionable shots and you know the fact that they feel like they got to make it up make up ground immediately rather than kind of plot and play their way around a golf course and John Rahm has total confidence um, in in his entire game. Driving the ball, his fairway woods, his his irons, his wedges are great, and and he's making you know a ton of putts. So he just looked at looked like he was just going to keep playing. He was going to just keep shooting low scores and and put the pressure on uh, Brooks Kepka to you know eventually falter, which. Kepka uh, hit a lot of good shots and and just you know made a couple key errors with some bogeys and whatnot down the stretch and and fell back and it's just you were I think we're seeing a you know I, and I'm not talking a Tiger Woods generational talent but I think we're see seeing a a generational talent the best player right now kind of coming into his game because. I think if you looked at, you know, maybe three or four or five years ago before he had won all those events, you know, he would oftentimes get visibly frustrated and upset with his game. And and he would let that linger from shot to shot to shot. It didn't happen one time. He'd hit a bad one and he, he'd throw a fit, yeah. you know, he'd in his own little way. But yeah. 
this is the only guy since Tiger Woods that I've ever seen Tiger could get really, really angry at himself for poor execution on a golf shot and then have total focus where he wouldn't even think about the previous one. And I think something, you know, just that when you were that confident about your game, when you're that uh, in control of your emotions, like we'd always talked about with him is if you could get that done, the sky would be the limit. And I think we're at that point where, where we're seeing the, the best player of, of this generation, you know, playing some of his best golf. And to me, that's, that's uh, obviously a sign of maturity, but I, I think he's more confident in his game now um, where he understands I can make a mistake and I'm, I'm going to get it back. Uh, like you mentioned, double bogeying the first hole out of the gate for putting um, obviously no panic because I think he still turned in 33, uh, which is yeah. incredible. Um, so obviously he, he just has, he has, when he has all cylinders going, I know we've talked about who's, who's best is the best. And I, I don't know if, you know, if Rory's best is the best or Scheffler's best is the best, but I'm just, I'm more, I'm most confident that Rom is going to be at his best more often. Now Scheffler is probably pretty close there. I think Rory's a little bit more up and down, um, but his, you know, he, he's used the driver as such a weapon um, over the last five years, but I feel like his irons are the, are the key to the, the, the difference. I mean, winning four times um, already this year, I, I, I saw where he was gaining a half a stroke more on approach per round this, this season. Um, obviously the margins are razor thin and that doesn't sound like a lot to maybe people that don't follow that, those strokes gained metrics like you and I, but that's a lot. I mean, that is, that is considerable. Um, and we know he gains around the greens and he's had, he has had some moments with the putter, um, especially last year, but I, I'm pretty confident when he's over a 12 footer, uh, that he's got a good beat on, it's going to go in. I, I just, I'm just incredibly impressed by the consistency and, um, the relentlessness of, of, his game. I, I, that was, that's the other word I kept thinking of. I'm like, dude, this, this guy is relentless. Um, I mean, if you're down one or two, it just, it feels like more when Kepka, I think he trailed by one, I think going into the eighth hole, it just felt like more. And, um, I just didn't ever, I had no worries that Ron was not going to get it done. Um, Last year, we did a show with Zach Fitzgerald where we went through, I don't know, 15 or 20 guys, and we did their over-under on majors. Uh, one of my favorites, and one we'll certainly have to recalibrate at some point this this year. But John Rahm, right now, um, today I was thinking of this number, over-under career majors at five and a half. Where are, you, where are you leaning with that number? Damn it, that's exactly the number that I would have set it for. <laughs> And, and and just to put things in perspective, I know Tiger's got the 15 majors, and you know you got Nicholas with 18, and 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 all that. Um, sure. This day and age, with with this the depth of the golf golfers and the quality of players that we've got, five is I think an astronomical number. If you could win five majors, I, I think that's up there with uh, so, a top say, ten career. Did you say five. Uh, five. We'll, we'll get into that stupid shit in here pretty soon here. I got plenty to say about that. But anyways, five, five, five majors, I think is, is unbelievable. And that's why you look at a guy like what it Brooks had done, um, you know, winning, uh, he's got four, right? Yes. 
Kepka's got four. And I mean, yep. to get to, you know, get to five would be just an unbelievable career. And so five and a right. half, I, I mean, how can you not hammer the over on that? And, and and six would be an unbelievable career. Like I said, it, it, you know, you can't really compare it to, to what Tiger did. Um, but looking at the at these good players and everything, and how just how hard it is to win a golf tournament, and let alone a major, you know, six feels like a good number. Um, I, I don't think you know I, I don't see eight or nine or anything like that, but six would be just a, an incredible career, and and I, I think it's going to be something like that. And I would imagine that's probably what you'd be looking at is you'd probably take the over five and a half. I would, I would, I would say six to seven. I, I know it sounds crazy. Can't just give them out. We always give them out. Um, you know, a year and a half ago, we gave Morikawa's, I think eight is what Zach gave him. And we've seen, we've seen guys go through this phase. We've seen it with Rory where he knocked off four in a row and he, he seemed like he could never lose. And then he did. And now it's been almost nine years. I mean, I can't, it's staggering to say, it's staggering to say, I mean, it's been nine years. Uh, it's almost the same gap from Tiger's 08 major U S open to his 19 masters. I mean, we're getting close to that same margin for Rory. We saw it with Brooks where knocked off four in like what, eight or nine majors. And then he, he had a good run where he's come close. He came close a couple times in 19. He was, you know, he was around in a couple, but it started to trail off and he had his injury. Um, Spieth, similar. Uh, it's just, you yeah. see it with these guys um, where you think, I, I just don't see how they could lose, but scar tissue builds on these losses and, you know, something changes a little bit. Um, I love the Rory line with him talking about, it feels like he's trying to win his first major again because it's, it's, it's incredibly spot on. Um, so, yeah, I would go over five and a half. I, and I think what, the other fascinating question that someone posed on Twitter today was of all the all the active guys now, the Brooks, Rory, um, Morikawa, Rom, Scheffler, you know, who's going to have the most? Who's going to have the most at the end of it? I don't know the answer, but it's, it's going to be a fascinating, I guess, JT. It's going to be fascinating to watch this group of guys for the next 10, 15 years to see how they sort all that out. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of these guys pick up another one, maybe two major championships over the next decade while ushering the new generation of golfers, which aren't going to be any worse than than the current golfers that are, are, are dominating the headlines, dominating the tournaments and and, you know, playing unbelievably good golf. So it's just there's only four of them a year. And when you've got, you know, in the in the Tiger area, you'd have four or five guys you know, really who could win a major, you know, there was some outliers and everything that, uh, of, of people who won, but nowadays it, it gets up to there close to probably 20 to 25 at minimum. And then you've got more of a chance that even the guy that's ranked, let's say 75th in the field, he could go on a, an absolute heater and, and contend, you know, in a given week there. So it'll be interesting to see what, the 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 most majors of uh of any of these guys can attain but i think we've you know in the past we've kind of looked at that tiger era of of quantity of wins and of major championships and just looked at it and been like you know 
this is kind of the, the, the ceiling here. And, and when in fact it's not the ceiling, it's way above it. So it's, it's in a good, the golf's in a good spot right now with, with all these quality players. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's just fun to watch and it's so hard to pick, you know, as we look at it from a betting aspect of, of you got to be really on as a, uh, as a handicapper or of, as a golf sports better to figure out who is kind of trending, but isn't trending that much that, you know, you can find the lines on and everything like that. So it's fun to watch. And I can't wait for the next 10 years and, and seeing how these guys evolve and, and accumulate the major championships. You and Zach uh, last week, um, yeah, obviously handled the show. Oh, great job, by the way. Um, you guys talked about that separation of Scotty, Rory, and, and Rom. Um, and I don't, I don't think either one of you really highlighted Rom too much. And that's, that is kind of where we were at. It's a what have you done for me in the last week, two weeks kind of sport. And we knew, we knew what he did in January and February, but he had a just an off week at the API um, withdrew from the players, um, you know, had an early exit at, at sort of a wonky match play tournament. But, you know, I, I think all of us missed a little bit on Rom's just been that guy this year. I mean, he has been that dude and he, this has been coming. Um, now with that said, I know you and I both benefited, benefited Tid off of John Rom winning. Um, I took him at plus 700 without Rory and Scheffler. Um, so if you exclude them, one of them could have won. He could have finished second. That would have won the bet, but obviously he won. And you took him um, after he double bogeyed the first hole, which was a great call. I think you said 12 to one. And then you also had him with a, a couple NFL um, uh, playoff games from, from January that you parlayed him with. So um, good on us. Um, I know we didn't have him in our best bets, uh, but you did. You did. You actually had some nice, nice calls with your top debutante, Sahith at five fifty. Sahith and, there. Yeah, and uh, I think all of our top win bets were they were all right there. Uh, Can't lay for me, speed for you, and uh, we'll get we'll get to Brooks for Zach, which was an we'll unbelievable call. It's an unbelievable call by Zach Fitzgerald. All right, so this next portion is just it's going to be somewhat of a rapid fire because we got a lot of guys we need to, to at least hit on. Um, T2, Bill Mickelson. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> I, I, this, this performance was almost more astonishing than him winning the 2021 PGA because this was, inc- this was so out of nowhere. Um, he's been terrible w- since he's joined lived. He's been especially terrible this season on live. Um, He's acting like a psychopath at the champions dinner reportedly. Uh, uh, Tommy Aaron, one of the past champions, reported to the Augusta Chronicle that he didn't speak to anyone at the champions dinner. That he ate his meal quietly. Um, so yeah, he's he's acting like a fool. Um, he's silent during media. He's declining media. I mean, I don't know what's going on. But then he shows up, um, plays solidly. Then he goes nuts on Sunday. I, I don't even know what to make of it. Unbelievable. I mean, I've kind of grown to not like him with the whole, you know, ever since he started with the live stuff and kind of became just a more of a weird dude that he just has become a lot less likable. And even 
you know, even during when he, you know, when he hasn't played well in those events and, and made public appearances, it just, it just kind of sucks just to, you know, watch him and everything like that all the way around. But unbelievable there 65 in the last round there um to finish second place um it, it felt good it was just nice that it was at augusta i agree this might have been more impressive than the kiwa island uh, pga championship at 51 years old so pretty cool um definitely you know a re- went from kind of really disliking him to thinking it's pretty pretty fucking awesome it's pretty yeah. cool I, I I still I don't know what his legacy is going to become. Um, I, I, there's still time for him to um, save some of that going forward, and who knows where this live thing goes, and if it explodes this year, two years from now, and he wants to become a commentator, he could probably regain a lot of what he's lost with with fans. But um, with that said, unbelievable performance. And really, I think he had a bad stretch on the end of the third round that without that, he's he's really close to John Rahm. Um, Brooks Kepka. T2. Yeah. Brooks Kepka. I um first of all, I, I I'm watching I'm watching the podcast last week that you guys recorded. Um and, and when when Fitzgerald comes out and is like, I I love Brooks Kepka in every way. I love him like my son. I he's gonna win. I'm like, this is crazy. Like this is crazy. Not only not only has Brooks just been an enigma the last couple of years. He's overcome injuries. I you know we know where he's been mentally and physically we saw a lot of that with the netflix full swing documentary um i know he won on live recently i know he won on live last fall but there's there's no real thought in my mind that he was going to contend for the masters this week and through two rounds i'm like this dude looks like this it looks, this looks like major brooks and i i texted you and zach i said no matter how this turns out that is an unbelievable call um it didn't work out for him he he lost they lost some gas there at the back nine of the round, uh, the third round. Still had the lead, but it just again, it just seemed like, um, it just seemed like he he lost momentum as the tournament went along, um, you know. And he did have the really nice side of the draw the first two rounds, and um, I think that was obviously helpful to the cause. Um, but it was nice. I will say it was nice to have Major Brooks back, kind of swaggering around, you know, being a being a dick to the media again, you know uh all the the whole deal it was kind of nice to have him back it was really good to have him back like i was as much as i liked mickelson shooting at 65 having having villain brooks you know strutting around the golf course you know playing unbelievable golf the first couple of days there um was was really you know quite amazing there and i I don't want to say with the weather it kind of you know he, he did get the good draw and then he, you know, Saturday really had to deal with the bad weather and everything. And I think that really, really threw him off there. Um, and who knows what Ron would have done because he got the bad end of the draw. Let's We didn't say that earlier right. there. We, he correct. won despite getting the shitty draw on Thursday and Friday. But Kepka really just played good. Um, actually, I did bet him Wednesday night. I kept thinking about it and thinking about what Zach said. Zach was just so confident in him. Like, you know what? 
he's got some pretty good odds. Let me go ahead and go ahead and do that. But, you know, I think the big thing about Brooks is that he, he is actually healthy and, and maybe that is, maybe that is the light schedule with him um, not playing much where he can actually, you know, get that knee healthy and, and get his body healthy and, and whatnot. Um, could have been something like that. And I think the live thing actually was a bigger deal. Him winning the week before, you know, Greg Norman has messed up countless things with this whole live tour since it started there. But this schedule though, of having the Tucson event a couple, you know, a few weeks back and then having the, the Florida event the week before it gave these guys a little bit of a tune up with some competitive golf, um, you know, right beforehand. And that could kind of get some of them going and, and feeling good about their, their putting stroke and, and feeling the nerves and everything. And, and I think, uh, I think Brooks, you know, winning that event and, and playing quite well in it, that really kind of carried him over there. But I, I hope that, uh, you know, I don't necessarily root for him, but I root for him to contend in these events because he just, he is one of the guys that I, I do miss at the major championships. Just that, just that massive arrogance and, and, uh, you know, that better than you type of attitude he has with the media. I, I just, it's just a chef's kiss to the type of player that he is. And and I don't know if I, I don't really care about him during regular events because he doesn't really care about the regular events, but you know, it'd be, it'd be neat though. I've come Oak Hill at the PGA championship next month. If, uh, if he didn't form, if he's healthy, because it's a golf course that fits him. For sure. And, you know, I, I, I alluded to it earlier that the run he had from the 2017 U S open to the 2019 PGA, and I was going back today and I was looking at, you know, he was, he was obviously really close to the 2019 masters when tiger won. He, he contended, um, at the, uh, 2021 PGA, obviously Mickelson beat him. I, I like, it kind of slipped my mind. He was right there. At the 2021 U S open when Rom won, he was one of those guys that made the late charge in the back nine. So it's not that long ago. Um, the injuries started after that point. And he mentioned, you know, he how his left knee it's it's completely different where he can actually, you know, push through um, to the other Swiss left side now. And you know, it, it's it's a huge thing. You know, golfers know that's that's one of those key injuries that's really hard to overcome. So if he is indeed healthy, um, I hope he is back. I really do. And it was fun to have him in the mix. Let's talk about the let's talk about the rules situation from Friday. Was it? It was Friday, right, or Thursday? Uh, I believe it was Thursday. Was it Thursday's round? Uh, pair with Gary Woodland. Uh, I'm going to let you take this one. So on, on the 15th hole, par five, um, uh, Brooks hit his, t- or pr- hit his second shot, hit driver, and then he hit an iron. As, as a, it's a reachable par five. Hit it on and into. And then Brooks and Gary are pretty good buddies. And Brooks or Gary's caddy went walking because – he went walking past Brooks and as Brooks was taken off his glove, he clearly flashed this. I mean, he had his glove on and he clearly flashed this saying he hit a five iron. Um, in, it's in the rules. You cannot give advice. Now, is it a good rule? I, I don't think it's a good rule, but it is a rule. And if they're going to penalize guys for the ball oscillating or, you know, whatever it is, or, or lost balls versus hazards and stuff like that, he, he, he clearly broke a rule. He was giving advice to Woodland's caddy. So Woodland would then have a little bit of information. And I think this happens a lot that we don't ever see. I think it happens. I think it happens 
in almost every single group. I mean, of, of, of guys who are, are buddies there. So the masters looked at it, the masters committee looked at it and they decided no penalty because they talked to Brooks and to Gary and they were both like, no man, I'll just take it off my glove. And you know, apparently that's how you do it after you hit a five iron. So <laughs> really natural. Pretty, pretty shitty. Should have gotten a two stroke penalty for it. Um, I, you know, if it wasn't him, maybe they would have, if they would have caught somebody else on camera doing it, I, I, I don't know if they would have done the same thing, but really kind of disappointing that you enforce all the rules of golf. And then this one, which again, is not a good rule. I don't think, I mean, yeah, it helps people, but you know, it is what it is. And uh, they didn't penalize them. And that's just kind of, kind of disappointing, yeah. you know, had a, had a kind of shades of the 2013 masters with, with tiger. Yes, really that's exactly what I thought was the Tiger from 13 when he took yep. a drop yep. improperly. It wasn't within a club length of where his ball laid to rest. So he went just outside of a club just to get the correct right. distance. And, you know, they didn't end up, they didn't penalize him, I don't think. Right. And but it's, yeah. I, so you got to kind of question some of the, the masters handling this. I don't know if the rules committee is what they, they label themselves. Um, but whatever inquisition that happened with those four guys, they played it off well enough, or the they didn't. The masters didn't want to get involved with with you know a rules investigation. I, I I don't know, but it was pretty obvious. You're right; it is pretty obvious. It was a very unnatural way of Brooks taking off his glove, and that's how he played it off, which is hilarious. One thing I did like: um, Did you hear Jim Nance's dig about the CW? I almost, I, I think I was standing up and it brought me to my knees. Yeah. When he says he's on the CW, yeah. it's the crosswalk. Oh, I, I was like, so good. Jim Nance. I just, it was just, just uh, a not so subtle, maybe subtle dig and just blew him up right there. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing my Jim Nance shirt right now. So, oh, that's go. a good shirt. Thanks. Thanks Jim Nance for being who you are. Um, Jordan Spieth, just, I mean, what a what a roller coaster as always and 66 the final round it uh it, it felt a little bit like 2017 when he shot uh, had a chance at 62 for a while there and he was just i think it was when he birdied i believe 16 uh, did he birdie 16 yesterday it just felt like oh my gosh like if he could get to nine under um he's got a chance and I, I just I just feel like this guy's got to win another another Masters. It's just it it's got to be written somewhere that he's got to win another one of these. He he's just too good at this tournament. Um, it's astonishing he's only won one one, and he's been playing it what since twenty thirteen. But I mean, countless top fives, countless uh, just appearances in contention on Sunday. I just love watching Jordan at the Masters. It, it's it is fun and it's why he was why it was my best bet because it was just one of those things that he he's going to be in contention almost every single year as long as he's kind of hitting the ball well but with jordan you get the ups you get the downs you get everything in between you get the michael greller you know you know questionable looks once he hits a golf shot you know he's going to be in the azaleas sometimes he's going to be in the pine straw but he's going to make you know seven eight birdies around there and it's just one of those golf courses that he feels pretty comfortable on and he he's going to win again some other time but he's or win the masters again some other time but uh he's a guy who i like as 
consistently like a top 10. He's just going to be a top 10 machine there. And I think as long as you get like him at like plus odds, that's like, that's where you like start on that. But he's fun. He's fun to watch. If you just understand you're going to get the good and you're going to get the, Oh my God, bad. Well, it's like, Oh my God, it's like, that's not even a tour level player type of iron shot or, or whatever. Um, I'm skipping over a couple of guys. Uh, Cam Young, just uh, he's just a machine. Another top ten in a major. I I I can't emphasize enough how much I love him at the PGA. Yeah, that's that. that uh, I think it's going to fit his game quite well. But the, I mean, he just just bombs it, and he but he he's a good iron player, and he's got a, a good wedge game. So you know, he can hit those drivers, and a lot of those guys who hit drivers really really far you know tend to struggle with the wedges but he doesn't and just just a solid all-around game i think it's just a matter of him consistently getting up there which he's doing and getting himself into contention and then when he you know the the putts that john rom was making you know the 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 12 footers the 15 footers the 18 footers for for birdies and the six footers for pars uh, that's just like kind of the final piece for, for Cam Young is to have confidence in those that he's going to make them in crunch time and then, you know, and then move on. But yeah, good, good, good idea on the PGA. If you guys like betting futures. Right. Hovland. Where are we at? Uh, uh the, 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 the short game. I mean, dude, dude will make a bunch of birdies kind of like speech will, but you know, uh, what was it, the sixth hole? He hit it over. It was mm. the the. Yeah. It was either four or six, and he hit it at the par three. He hit it over the the pin and had to chip. It's an okay chip to get it on, and ends up three putting. You know, just stuff like that. A lot of little mistakes, and until he gets that short game, uh, significantly better, he you know he he it's going to be hard for him to win a major championship. Hmm. I agree. I, I mean, I, I wish we were wrong, but I, I just, I feel like you'll see a lot of top 15s, top 20s from him in, in the upcoming majors, mm-hmm. but winning is just, an, it's a different level. And I, you know, maybe, maybe it's a, maybe it's a PGA where it's like 17 under winning, but when conditions are tougher and everyone's missing greens, I just, I just think that takes him out of the picture of winning the tournament. I really do. Um, Scotty, uh, hit it about as good as you could this week and put it as poorly as you could. And uh, I'm, I'm disappointed he didn't have his typical just at least plus putty week because it could have been a, could have been a shuffler rom showdown. Yeah, I think he just kind of got a little – I mean, he he got visually upset. And he he's not – you know, since he's went on his run, that was – he just got a little out of his, out of his character there. But – you know, he hits it so good and, you know, it's just a matter of being an average or, or slightly above average putter and he's going to win the event. I mean, that's just the, the, the combination right there. So he'll be back and he'll win more major championships. I think, um, I I'm actually pretty confident last year, if you would have asked me if he's going to win, I would have been like, nah, but you know, even though this was a, just an atrocious putting week, I, I think, uh, uh, I, I mean, I love, love his game top to bottom going forward. Um, when he made he made a bomb on eleven, and all of a sudden his name was he was T three. I was like, holy shit! Like he hasn't even he's just putted just awful, and for him to to just grind through it and be where he was, I, and I think he doubled the twelfth. But uh, after that, but 
uh, I was I was sort of highly impressed by him just playing as well as he did, even though um, uh, huge facet of the game was was a big negative. Um, I only got three more. Um, I, I got to dig into Patrick Hanley uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, I, he was my best bet to win. Um, I loved his form coming in. His ball striking has been elite this year. Um, I keep thinking, is he going to have one of those putting weeks in a major like he's had in the playoff events in the, in, in the past, like the year against Bryson, even last season um, when he won a playoff event, it just felt like it's it's like when you bet, when you don't have Caitlin in your card and he's he's in that mode, he makes every fucking putt, every 12-footer. And it's just, it's it's bottoms. And then when he's when you bet on him, especially in a big event, he is he's missing five footers. He's not even touching the hole. Um, he he missed a he missed about a five footer on eight that was so critical to him having any chance of winning. And he didn't even touch the hole. Um, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe it's you know he he didn't didn't measure correctly before he started cutting or um, had the wrong drill bit. I, I'm not sure. Um, however frustrating guy and it just makes me doubt it just makes me doubt him going forward and then add to that his pace of play is one of the five worst on tour it's it's so bad and that that dewalt reference i mean (laughs) it's just a gift that keeps on giving because you could just keep going on and on and on and i absolutely love it but yeah yes oh that's a good one there um but with Cantley though in the in the major championships, yeah, he's he's generally been a pretty big disappointment. And he's shown flashes. He like, yeah, he'll he'll scare that top five or top three, you know, at some point during the event and then just bad shots or miss putts. And that's usually what it is, is is he gets in on this run and it feels like he's got a five, eight footer, five, six, seven, eight footer, whatever, something like that, and just cannot get those putts when he needs them to convert. But his game is so good. Again, he's another player that's that's a great driver, great iron play, solid short game, and he can be an unbelievably good putter. So, it but it feels like though when you've got to be that sharp and the you know the the it's a razor thin line between you know missing putts, making putts, and and hitting good shots and everything. That at an event like Augusta, even though he traditionally plays here, plays pretty okay here. May not ever win one, you know, win a green jacket, but he could be a PGA championship, like you said, when you have to shoot 14, 15 under par more towards a, a typical tour event, I could see. But you're right, it's hard to bet him. But then if you don't bet him, then you're just like, Jesus Christ, why didn't I bet him? Because he always has hasty enough odds to, to put a win bet on. Right. I, th- I think I'm going to have to stay off of him for, uh, for the rest of the major season. Um, I'm, I'm adding to the list uh, of guys I just I don't want to touch for the rest of the season. Uh, two guys left on my list. I'm going to let you pick between them here. Rory, Tiger. Oh. Why don't we talk about Tiger? No, we have to talk about that. Uh, about Rory, though, like, like we were talking about earlier. Um, I mean, it's it's been a decade almost that he's won a, a major championship. It's just – it's always – something it's always it just always feels like it's something it's just a it's a 73 to start or it's uh you know just some bad putting halfway through or some tough breaks or you know a bad tee shot here and there and it just seems to throw them off there and 
I don't want to question his mental game, but you almost feel like these guys, these younger guys than him, like a Rom or or Morikawa or whatever. I mean, they're, they're, they're killers. And the types of major championships that Rory's won is him just kind of getting out ahead of the field and just winning the race going forward. Um, right. If you can't do that, you know, you can't do that with shooting 73 in, in the, you know, your first 18 whole round of the, of the tournament there. So, you know, I, I, I'd like to say, I, I still think he's going to get the career grand slam, but it might still take a few years because there, there's just something between the ears. I think that's, that's with him that that's preventing him. And we know he's he's tried a variety of things going into this tournament. We've seen him play up to you know the week before. We've seen him take time off. Um, we've seen him, you know, all kinds of you know mental you know where he's more relaxed or he's he's out there grinding the week before. We, he's tried everything and nothing has worked out. And uh, like you said, it just feels like it's always something. And this week, it was strange because he was on the good side of the draw, and there was really no reason for him. It's not like he's playing poorly coming in. I mean, he last time we saw him was at the match play when he uh, got to the semifinals. Um, so there, there, there was, it was pretty inexplicable. Um, no defense for it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're at the point where when when's this next major going to happen? Uh, you just keep building the scar tissue. And I think you and I both agree. Um, and just riding out a major is different than, you know, like the 2011 U.S. Open when he was leading the whole tournament and got ahead by seven, eight, nine. And um, it's, I just don't know if he has that grinder mentality. I mean, you just don't, you don't see him win a lot of difficult scoring type tournaments, even, even regular tournaments. Um, so that's that's definitely a knock against him. I don't know what that means. I still trust him um, in a lot of a lot of events. Um, I still think Oak Hill sets up unbelievable for him. He's a member there. Um, maybe the PGA is uh, uh, just a better setup for him. Um, but I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with him. Kind of talk myself in circles there. Um, Tiger Woods. That was tough. That was really hard to. That was really hard to watch. It, those let that last hole that he was playing before they, you know, they blew the horn there when the uh, plantar fasciitis kind of acted up again. And it's not surprising that it happened. I mean, that golf course is real tough to walk. And I mean, realistically, this is the, you know, Gus is the only place that he's going to, going to be able to, to win. I mean, he's not going to win a PGA championship. Um, he's not going to win a U.S. Open. The, the the guys are just too good. Maybe Agreed. he could, you know, on the right situation, maybe he could win a, an open championship. But I mean, right? He's forty seven years old and he's got the body of a sixty five year old man. I mean, it's just at some point, at some point, that leg's got to heal because the rest of the body, you know, the muscles are, are are you know as he gets older, they're just they're just aging and everything. And you know, he was you know, cause he can't walk golf courses. He has to limit his walking, but then he's going to get the plantar fasciitis because, you know, he's favoring the one leg and it's just, unfortunately it's ailment after ailment after ailment. And I don't know if he'll ever decide before he's 50, if he's, if he's done with the major championships, but you know, it's, it's hard to get a golf course 
that he can walk and, and and play effectively. Now I say that, I mean, LA country club is, is an easier walk and maybe it's something that he can handle when they get that, you know, LA heat where it's, you know, 90 degrees out and everything like that. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong there and I'm hoping I'm wrong about all of it, about it kind of being a, he's done thing, but I mean, the body's broken. It's severely broken. And I know there's some flashes, but his flashes are, T54, you know, in a, in at Riv or whatever the finish was, it's, it's not necessarily a top 10. And I think, you know, I think we as fans just got to kind of, you know, if we haven't already accepted it and understood anything at all, we get from him that we want to see from him that we get is, is, is good at this point. I just wonder how, how much longer he is going to be willing to put his body through this and, for all intents and purposes, be a ceremonial golfer. I just don't, I'm, I'm actually surprised he's prodded himself out there the last couple of years with, I, I, I mean, you know, his answer in press conferences that he's there to win. I, I just, I don't really think he believes that. And, and maybe, maybe it shows more of a human side that he really, you know, wants to be around these guys and just, the camaraderie of, of playing these tournaments and being one of the guys, maybe he misses that more than he thought. And that's why he's here. I don't know, but um, I made my point last year. I don't feel any differently overall. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I need to see it much, much more in the future. Um, I, I think it would do him best if he just doesn't, just doesn't play the next two majors. And as you mentioned, I think the only legit chance he has of contention is the Masters and the Open uh, going forward. There's no way in this world he'll ever compete at a PGA. So. No, and that's uh, that's unfortunate, but you know it is what it is, and and uh, uh, you know just the, just the body. It's just gonna. I think it's gonna take too long to heal, and at that point, once you're of a certain age, I mean, you know, you just you you just don't. Yeah. And it's just hard. I think it's hard for like, a lot of Tiger fans seeing him. I mean, that guy was limping so badly. Had they mm. if, had they decided to finish seventeen and eighteen, I mean, I, I don't know how he would have made it. That, I don't think he would have physically made it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. and uh, and so it's just you know it's one of those things that it it sucks to have to talk about. It sucks to have to think about. But you know, it's just that's what it is what it is. Yeah, I, I was reading something on Twitter from a leg, uh, some sort of leg expert medical guy that he was claiming that uh, Tiger's leg is probably in such bad shape that he'd better he'd be better off that if it was amputated that he'd had less issues um, overall to his overall well being and health if he um, had it amputated compared to what it is now. I mean that's pretty unbelievable. Um, to think about oh my God, yeah, right, mean, right, Jesus. I don't think it was a hot take either. No, I don't. I can't quote who it was, but I, I was pretty busy on Twitter yesterday. Um, anybody else you wanted to touch on uh, for this week? Jason, uh, Jason Day with the eighty yesterday. Yeah, live bet him a, a, a top ten, and that that didn't work quite work out there. But uh, yeah, that, that's fine. You know. Again, I think Jason Day is going to end up winning an event, but you know, sure. I, I think, uh, yeah, he just, you know, he got up there. He was, he was a couple What's back it? on on that yeah. second round, and there's, you know, then just kind of, kind of end up losing it there. 
Um, Overall, the the live guys, the live guys that played well. I guess the three we didn't mention P. Reed. Um, mm-hmm. He was obviously great on Sunday. Finished T four. Um, do you feel any differently about about these guys if, today as you did before the Masters? Yeah, I was actually. Um, I wouldn't have really bet any of these guys, and I know at the end of last year. Um, didn't feel comfortable uh, in the U.S. Open and in the Open Championship about betting them just because of the schedule and getting the reps in and everything. And and the fact that, like I said, they did the schedule. They did. I think they did it real good uh, for these guys. Now, saying that, if you're taking notes and you're like, okay, well, PGA Championship. I mean, they go to Singapore, China, and then back to the United States. I think to Tulsa or something like that. So it's going to be kind of a a, a jet setting, jet setter schedule that may be difficult for those guys to deal with all the travel and everything like that. But you know their reps were there and they're still playing pretty good golf. And you know some of it though is it's just Augusta National and it's just how these guys play. Like Patrick Reed, impeccable short game, terrible driver of the golf ball that fits in with how you know you can play Augusta well and and that work there. Uh, you know Brooks is just the major championship guy and he's had some great success there too. So, you know, the, some of it, I think was a little bit of that, that, you know, getting comfortable with it. And then the crowds were kind of with him and everything and, and played well, but, you know, long-term wise, I, I don't think it changes a ton of it. And we're going to see less and less of these guys going forward because they're going to f- drop out of the, the, the rankings there and they're not going to qualify for these majors. So, you know, it may not really end right. up mattering after that. Like they joked about uh, Mito Pereira in the last round was playing with Fred Couples. He holds it for Eagle on 13, and somebody tweeted, oh, that's pretty nice. You get your goal uh, crystal goblet for the Eagle uh, in your last Masters round ever because he's he's going to drop out of the top 50, and that's going to be it for him. I, I saw it. Um, it was a it was Jamie, Jamie Weir uh, that tweeted that. Who's a, he's a Euro Tour guy. Uh, he's a he's a writer on the Euro Tour, and he's not he's not wrong. And we went, was it was it kind of a nice dig? Yes, even he's probably right because what path does he have in to this? Um, obviously, uh, as a past as past champions, Mickelson, uh, Reed, and DJ, they're there. Pepka will. Um, well, he's obviously in next year, but uh, he can, I don't know, the U.S. Open win from, I don't know, the PGA win from, from 19, I don't know how long that gives him. It's four or five. Okay, yeah. So he, yeah. But it's, 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 it's a great, it's a great thought. I will say I want to walk back maybe a little bit of what I, I thought that the lack of competition on live and, and the live events might hurt these guys at major championships. I was wildly interested to see how that was going to go. I was, I was at least wrong about a couple of these guys. Um, I, I will say that. Um, kind of interesting. Cam Smith and DJ were objectively terrible this week. I mean, they made the cut, but they were weren't they weren't around at all. I never thought Mickelson would be the guy that would be your your highest finisher and uh, or at least tied for your highest finisher. So, so you know, maybe maybe I was wrong about that. Uh, I really, I really thought the lack of competition would affect them in majors. Maybe it won't. Doesn't change how I feel about the products. Uh, the, the live events are just garbage. They are garbage events, and I, I won't feel differently about that. Even if 
even if Cam Smith comes out and wins a PGA, I won't feel different about the product they're putting out. Um, I absolutely will not. Um, so any other final takes from the Masters, Augusta, the golf course, coverage, anything? So sad to have to close out the best uh, phone app that's ever been created, uh, the Masters app. That is that's some good stuff there. It was kind of weird though when they had the the AI voice that was doing the commentating on the shots. Yes, that was kind of creepy, and yes. it's just one of those things that I'm hopefully I'm long gone before the robots take over because that's going to be one of them. Um, but great app, um, even though it was actually trying to predict golf scores for everybody and was insanely wrong. Um, but uh, that that's uh, that's the one thing. Sad the Masters is over, but. Uh, Excited for, for this next week and can't wait for the Masters next year. Yeah, the app is great. I Yeah, the, the AI dude was, that was kind of dystopian. It was like Johnny Strouser, age 41, hitting his second from the fairway. I was like, what the hell is this? Um, yes. The huge, and I, I don't I don't want to get too far into this because we're, we're trying to wrap this up and move at least to, uh, to Harbor Town, but um, Huge ball drop, though, with the feature groups on Saturday, um, not having uh, Brooks, Rom, and Sam Bennett on that channel. I, I don't really get it. I don't know if there was some contractual thing with CBS and the whole tape delay thing later on after the rain came. Um, that wasn't great. That was not great. Um, however, the, the the app as a whole is amazing. Uh, being able to see every player's shot is incredible, and it just uh, – it's it's really there's a lot there that the PGA Tour could could learn from for sure. Um, all right, so are we, are we moving on to Harbor Town? Let's move on to Harbor Town for time's sake. Uh, real quick, Will Zalatoris, uh, mm. WD before the Masters, one of our favorites, um, out for the season, uh, back surgery. This isn't great. This isn't great for a lot of reasons. I'm really worried about his career going forward. You never know with the back. I mean, as a lot of us suffer from, you know, a lot of people suffer from just, you know, back soreness and whatnot. You know, this was actually one that had to be operated on. And at such a young age with that, the torque he puts on his, uh, on his golf swing. And you just never know how you're going to come back from a back surgery. I mean, you could come, you know, I've, I've never had it and I've had some minimal back issues, so I can't speak much of it, but you know, that's very, very important part of the body there that uh, him being out for basically a full year with just a couple events in, in between and then having a surgically repaired back is, uh, is, is, is not good because you're right. You know, we're talking one, uh, one of the premier ball strikers before his injury and uh, you know, major championship you know, contender for every single major that he played in just about and seeing that he's going to be out for the year and obviously no Ryder cup, um, you know, not going to see him in the majors and who knows how he's going to come back from it. If he's going to be back, you know, is it going to take him six months? Is it going to take him two years? Is, is, is he going to come back from it at all? So hopefully it's, you know, the procedure went okay and, and he can, uh, recover from it and get back his golf game because he's one of the guys that is out there um, that, uh, that makes it better. And also I, I don't, you probably heard it too. I heard he turned down a boatload of money from live. So, you know, hopefully that, that good karma for not joining that 
um, you know, he'll recover and, and still have a very successful PGA tour career. Yeah. One, one of the guys I just really enjoy watching uh, hit a golf ball is just an incredible ball striker. Um, uh, we know how our friend Zach Fitzgerald feels about him, but I, I, we both thought he's just a major big event type of guy. I love those kind of guys. Um, sort of a Brooks Kepka 2.0 in, in a way. Um, I'm really worried about his, I mean, with him missing this entire season, um, eligibility for elevated events next year. Um, I don't know how far his world ranking is going to drop. Um, obviously, there's spots for top 30 in the, the OWGR, but I don't know if he'll be there if he misses this whole season. I know there's events or there's spots for guys that perform well early in the in the, in the season next year. He'll have to be one of those guys, potentially. I don't know how that's going to shake out, but something to, to monitor. RBC Heritage this week, really uh, unprecedented. Uh, situation, I guess, for the PGA Tour to have this type of field after a major championship. Um, and only, uh, they've had travelers, right, after the U.S. Open in the past, but it wasn't what the travelers is now. It was travelers of five, six, seven years ago where there's a few top guys. Uh, to have an elevated event after biggest event of the year is uh, it's kind of questionable. It's terrible. It's a terrible decision. It just is. This is not. This is not a good week to have an elevated event and force these guys to come out there. Now it'll probably be a fantastic event, but it's just like you're right with the travelers. That's a huge event now um, after the U.S. Open, but the schedule thins out at that point. I mean, you're talking these guys played a heavy West Coast schedule with a bunch of elevated events, then they moved on to this amazing florida schedule tons of elevated events and then you've got you know you got the match play which could potentially be a whole bunch of rounds um and then you're leading into the masters and that's what that's what these guys are playing this florida schedule for is to get ready for the masters and and for them to have to come out and be forced to play in uh uh the heritage which I absolutely love the heritage for people who've listened before it's in it's in hilton head that is my that's my jam. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, I love the golf course. I, I love the Island. I've go, gone to the event before and everything like that, but to, to have these guys have to play there, it just feels, it doesn't feel quite right. And you get a good enough field and the, the, the Island is very, very relaxed and it's got kind of a postmasters relaxed type of atmosphere but I just, I just don't think it needs to have that elevated event status to validate it or anything like that. They've definitely compressed the schedule way too much because of all the good events uh, early in the season, and they've got to kind of, they got to make those adjustments next year. Right. I, I mentioned to you earlier. I, it's, it's, it's hard from if you're betting this event. Uh, to, to, to try to understand and figure out who is going to have the motivation and the energy to go four rounds and go through a weekend of, of a grind in contention to win. Who's even going to get there? Is it going to be a guy like Justin Thomas that missed the cut? Who's got motivation? You know, he's, he wants to win again. He's been, been playing pretty poorly. Um, you know, guys like maybe Xander or Finau who weren't really, 
quite there uh, over the weekend. They didn't expend a lot of energy. Or, or is it possible it's just, it's just Rob or Scheffler? It's hard to figure out because, uh, you know, you just you just don't know how guys are going to react with playing such a, a big event right after the biggest event. Uh, but that's why we're here. We're going to break it down. Um, Rory McIlroy, he withdrew today. So the Rory oh, haters. the live guys are going nuts oh, right now. They're loving it. They're loving it. They're pausing this podcast and just celebrating the shit out of it. Yeah, Mr. Fucking PGA Tour. See, he withdrew too. Um, Rory did. I mean, he, he didn't play in uh, the century. So because he already skipped one. Missing this event, he's gonna he's gonna get some sort of allegedly he's gonna get some sort of penalty maybe with his pip. Um, I don't know how that's gonna work out, but interesting to follow. Next year, this won't be a thing, but it is a thing this year. Um, let's get into the odds. Um, Rom and uh, Rom and Scotty, those are the top two. Scotty's actually the favorite at eight to one on DraftKings. Rom's eight and a half to one. Uh, Mr. Toolman himself, as we just talked about, Patrick Cantley is eleven to one. Uh, Colin Morikawa is at plus eighteen hundred. Jordan Spieth is at twenty to one. He is the defending champion. Victor Hovland, Cam Young at twenty two. Xander at twenty five. Tony Finau at twenty five. Sanjay, Matt Fitzpatrick, Justin Thomas at twenty eight. Shane Lowry and Max Homa at thirty. A lot of names there to unpack. Uh, I guess first of all, at the top, the top two guys. I assume you're staying away. I'm going to stay away, and I'm especially going to stay away from from John Rom. I mean, for obvious reasons, just one one the thing he's got media things that he's going to do. He may not even get to Hilton Head until you know Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, something like that. If he because a lot of times they do the tours with the you know the Tonight Show and and all those other uh, shows in New York and whatnot. So he, it just might be a write off weekend. I I wouldn't be surprised if he does withdraw before the tournament starts. I just don't feel like it, like he he's going to end up doing it. Um, so I won't touch him for anything at all. No, no top 10, no top 20, not even a top 40. I thought about before the show, I was like, well, would I bet him to miss the cut? It's still John Rahm and he could wake up um, after not playing golf for three days and, you know, he could absolutely make the cut. So I don't think he is a good bet in any form. Don't fade him. Don't bet him. Just stay away. Um, with Scotty Scheffler, kind of the same, although Scotty, Scotty with the putting there. And I, you know, I don't think he's even played in this event before. So it may not be a good event. And at eight to one with this monster field is, is probably just a bad bet there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mostly agree about Rom. However, if he does end up playing it, I, I could see him maybe getting off to a sluggish start in round one. Then I think you have an opportunity to maybe live bet him for a top 10. Right now, he's at plus 110. Maybe that if he shoots, you know, say one or two over in round one, he's kind of off to a slow start. I think he might have an opportunity. I don't think he's going to win, but to maybe. Maybe he gets some of his energy back Friday, and he makes he makes a run forward at that point. You get him plus two hundred for a time. Yeah, something to look at. That's I, I remember Spieth in twenty fifteen when he won the Masters. He he got to a poor start. He ended up top ten in this event uh, the week after he won. Um, the guys between uh, ten to one and thirty to one. There, um, some of those guys contended last weekend. 
Um, some of those guys did not. Do you have a preference there, or are you just looking at more course fit, course history kind of uh, kind of situation, like like a Speed who's won here, uh, or like a Morikawa who feels like on paper just an ideal fit for this course? Yeah, I, I want to look at form. You know how they played it in the Masters there, but these guys, I mean, with this purse, I mean, is gigantic. So they're gonna a lot of them are gonna come to play because it's a lot of FedEx Cup points and it's a Probably, I think it's probably the three point six million dollars to win. So it's they're, they're uh, I'm going to be looking at that. Um, I don't love the number on Pat Cantlay. You may have to sh- shop around, but I love him on this golf course, though. Um, I liked how he played for the most part last week. You know, obviously we talked about how he made, made a lot of made some critically terrible decisions and and bad, you know, mostly bad putts down the stretch, but. He fits the golf course well. He's played here, played solidly before at this place. So he's a good ball striker. Um, he's a name that I like there. Um, the other one, and I I think you were going to probably mention him as well, is Cam Young. Um, I don't see him as a guy who, you know, spent a lot of energy and and everything. So, and he, he played a lot of good golf for some good stretches, hits them off the map and, and took a couple penalty shots here and there. But, uh, this could be the week that, uh, that he does break out and get that first win. Played here, uh, played well here last year, I think top five last year. And I think that sort of dispelled any notion that he was a one trick pony on, on, you know, he can only play a bombers type of course, which as you've played this course, it's clearly not, um, did not. Um, what do you make of JT that 28 to one? What do I make of JT at 28 to one? Wow. Well, you know, God, (laughs) I mean, Thomas was just, he, he started out the masters. Okay. He really did. And he just kind of was leaking oil, leaking oil and leaking oil. And then the weather came and just, he couldn't handle it. Not that he can't handle it, but he just, it was just not, it was just not to be and end up missing the cut, um, which it, it actually in fact got Tiger into the, uh, who ended up making the cut there. But uh, 28 to one is not a bad number. This is a golf course I think would fit him really, really well where he can shape the ball. You got to hit iron shots and you got to hit tee shots and drivers and fairway woods in the right position because like I, I think, like I said before, when I covered it last year where we did this last year, you could be in the fairway and you could be blocked out by big hanging, the overhanging trees and not have a clear shot of the green. Like I, I remember the first hole I hit on the left side of the fairway and I had to hit a hook around a tree to get to the pin. So this fits so right. well to him, but it's, it's the putting man. I mean, is he going to make the putts that are cr- crucial, but at almost 30 to one, that that's a that's a great number to get him at. So, yeah, I like the number. I, I really tough. do. It's just, whew. yeah, that's tough. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in the same space. That's one I'm going to have to think about. Um, I do like Sunjay for this golf course mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm tempted by Sunjay. I I I have to say I'm I'm also I, I mentioned Morikawa. Um, I don't want to keep doing it, but I'll, I'll probably just silently bet him not making one of my best bets. Cause I just, I just feel like that dude is so due and this golf course is tailor-made for him. 
Yeah. But I don't I don't need to go into him any further. Xander at 25 feels like like something as well. I mean, a lot of these guys in the 20s you could make an argument for. I really think um even Fitzpatrick, he, he I, shows, say, I even like him. He played well at the Masters. Finally so. shows some life this this season. And we it's it's well documented. This he's mentioned this is his favorite course, favorite tournament. Uh, so 28 on, on Fitzpatrick as well. Um, anyone else to touch on there before we move on? No, I was, I wanted to echo Sanjay and, and Fitzpatrick. Um, you, you, you're kind of trying to talk me into Morikawa and, and you're right. That putting is just not good, but we've talked about Morikawa. As long as the ball striking is there, the putting, he's going to figure out how to be average one week and right. you know, the, the golf course fits him. but I really like that most everybody in that entire group. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of guys that can, I think that's going to come out of the, uh, in that group is going to be somebody who's going to win it. The, uh, Morikawa was right there for a lot of Friday, Saturday, kind of mm-hmm. backtracked on Sunday, but it never felt like he was in contention to win. Yeah. He's just, he's right there. He's been hanging around a lot this season. Um, 30 to 50, um, not a, not a big group, actually, a small group. Lowry at 30, Max at 30, Sam Burns at 35, Hatton at 40, Tom Kim at 45, uh, Russell Henley, who we did not speak of earlier, but had a great Masters, 45, and Cooch at 50. Um, I made one bet in this group today. Uh, that was at Shane. It was Shane Lowry. I got him at I got him at 35, and I parlayed him with the 76ers uh, winning their series against the Brooklyn Nets. So it pushed him closer to 40 to one. Um, Shane Lowry, who still won this tournament last year and is uh, played reasonably well last week, so I do like Shane Lowry this week. Shane's a guy who I I, I would really love to bet, and I'm still still not sure on that. But um, it's one of those things. That every time I feel like he's on my card, that it's always a disappointing, you know, top 20 or top 25 finish, you know, something like that. But he, he's a, you know, I think this yeah. golf course fits him very, very well. And it's just a matter of putting everything together one week and where, where he's, you know, he's not it, lately. It's been where the driver isn't working and then it's the putter is just ice cold one week. And then, you know, it, it's changed, but he's talented enough to, to win this event and beat this field and and that's a pretty solid number on him and adding the 76ers who are going to just absolutely roll the nets um which i didn't even know the nets made the playoffs that's sure how uh, bad the bottom of the east is but i, I, th- I think Embiid's going to average 40 and 15 in that series I, like who's yeah. going to guard him yeah, yeah it's it's going to be good there but uh th- this group's okay it's just guys that i'm just going to be scared to pull the trigger on um you know you always look at homa but i think you know he another Bad play at the Masters. He made the cut, but you know didn't finish in the top forty. Um, Tyrrell Hatton's had uh, some good success here. Should have won a couple, or could have won a couple years ago. I'm right. gonna, I'm gonna pass. Um, I, the only guy I kind of don't hate is Matt Kuchar here for like a top twenty or top thirty. I don't think I'll. No, I don't think I'll. He wouldn't be a best bet, but he's just he's. He's playing some okay golf, and he's, you know, he I just I can't say can't I can't ignore that, and and the, 
this is a good golf course for him. So, you know, and I think, I'm sure he's had some success here. Haven't really looked at it, but uh, you know, I'm sure he's a good name for this place. No, I think so. Um, I, one name I can't, I keep coming back to in this group. I just, I can't get away from it. Is Tomkin. This is one of those courses early in the season. I thought, I think I mentioned Tomkin for the players and I keep, I kept thinking of, of the heritage and he did enough last week at the masters. I think he finished T 16 and I'm like, that's perfect. He didn't move his odds. Um, this guy is an elite wedge player, elite putter. Um, we know he's not long off the tee. You don't have to be here. Uh, I, I think this fits him really nicely. If you're not comfortable with him winning again, then plus 900 on a top five, I, I kind of like as well. Um, so I'll probably end up on Tom Kim in some, some fashion. I just think it, I think it's too good of a fit to, to, to pass on him. In my, in my opinion. I like um, it. I like yeah. it. Uh, 50 and above. Um, Connors, winner a couple weeks ago. He's there. Ricky, Fleetwood, uh, Sahith, Rose. Some good names in here. Clark, Wyndham Clark's been playing well. Keegan, almost uh, up to 100 there. Hoagie, I could argue he's a decent fit. Um, those are kind of some of the guys up to 100. Um, and then anybody you like over 100. What do you think about some of, some of these guys? The win bets are going to scare me here. I, on a normal heritage week, I think there's a lot of good names there, but with it being that strong of a field and that top heavy, I think you got to be really careful. I mean, it, one of those things where I might do like a, a top 20 bet, but throw a small little portion on a win bet just in case. Um, I don't like Connors to win, but I mean, he just won two weeks ago. You know, I think he made the cut. No, he didn't make the cut because I had a made the cut bet on Corey Connors and lost it at the Masters. <laughs> But anyways, he, he, I mean, one of the best ball strikers out there. So, you know, he, that's something I like there. Um, Ricky Fowler though. Um, yep. I think this is the Ricky Fowler redemption tour is back on after, uh, after Valero and it's, uh, yep. uh, I expect a good finish there and, and plus five fifty on a top 10 is real solid. Um, like I said, I might be looking in the top 20, but I like that name. JT Poston. Um, made the cut at the Masters. Um, you know, the, he's a he's a native of uh, Bermuda grass, so you know, good putter guy I like there. Um, gonna go back to Taylor Montgomery, who I was kind of off on for several weeks, and he's really played some good golf. Um, so I, I think uh, I think we're gonna see some good play from him again. I don't know how to win, but you can. I mean, at a hundred to one, though, you just throw a couple bucks on there, and you've got a pretty good payoff there. So those are the ones that really kind of jumped out there that I I I like. One that was kind of shocking to me with how well he played in the Masters was Gary Woodland. Um, at, yeah, I mean that's a hundred ten to one to win. Uh, yeah. I, I think he's got. You got to find him somewhere on your betting card. Um, it, the golf course doesn't really make sense for him with, with kind of how he plays, but I mean, good golfers can play, you know, any golf course and the guys who are playing well, uh, that is something that doesn't treat me. That's a good point. Uh, and he, he has won Valspar in the past, not, not a, not a bomber's paradise either. Um, I don't, I don't mind Woodland. He just kind of shows up sometimes. I don't know where you're like, huh, Gary Woodland. Yeah. And yeah. I forgot about him. So you want to put five, if you want to put $5 on him. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> nice. I like it. Um, I, I have thought for a long time that Tommy Fleetwood, <laughs> Tommy Fleetwood in this golf course make a lot of sense. I bet on him and to win this event three times in the past, I want to say, something like that. <laughs> Obviously, it hasn't worked out. I most recently lived and died with Tommy Fleetwood at Valspar um, when I proclaimed that he was going to win that tournament, and he was very close, but did not because the, he's Tommy Fleetwood. So I don't know where I'm where I'm where I'm going to end up with Fleetwood, but I've just always thought it made sense here. I really did, and it 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 kind of makes it kind of goes back to like the Lowry the Lowry point on this golf course too. It feels more like a course that would be on the the DP World Tour than than a lot of courses on the PGA Tour. Uh, you know, tight position. Um, there's going to be some winds at some point they're going to have to deal with. Um, it just makes sense that Euro guys have had some success here, and that's maybe that's why I keep coming back to them. Um, Sahith, I did bet earlier today as well. I got him at 70. I also, I also parlayed him with the Sixers as well. You got you got you got some it's, pressure on on the Sixers there. Gonna suck when Sahith wins and the Sixers. And, and Doc can't get out of the first round. <laughs> Holy shit! Can you imagine that? But I, it took him to about seventy five to one. Um, I, I don't necessarily think it's a great golf course for him, but I'm just trying to ride some of the momentum from last week when that was awesome. Uh, I that was that was so much fun when he chipped in on sixteen and made the Tiger chip. So that good. was that was awesome. Um, uh, Pete Dye Killer, Siwoo is someone to consider at 65. Yes. Um, just just default to the history of Pete Dye courses and most of his success in his career on, on that type of track. Um, here's a name down the board that you're going to be surprised at at 130 to 1. I'm a little surprised he's down here because he's like, uh, what is he? He is the 20th ranked player in the world, Kurt Kitayama. And he's 130 to one. Um, that feels low. Um, do I think he's going to win his second elevated event of the season? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, but he did miss the cut at the Masters. But um, God, at top tens of plus plus one thousand, top twenty is probably around plus five hundred. So I like Kitayama. This this to me makes a lot of sense for him as well. Um, he's not short, but he is his. This ball striking is elite uh, at times uh, in the past year. So that's the guy down the board that I like um, for some version of, of a bet. Um, other than that, I think that's that's kind of about it for me. Um, uh, Davis Thompson, mildly uh, like him at down there, 180. Um, but again, I don't think, I don't, I just don't see anybody over 75 to 1 winning this tournament in this against this field. I don't think so either. And like I said, with as with as strong as that top part of it is, I mean, there's there's some good, really good names down here that if you think they're going to play well, like you like you said, I mean, you can get a guy for top twenty at plus five hundred, most likely. That that's that's pretty unbelievable for for someone you know that good of a player there. So um, the only other names, and I mentioned him the last couple of weeks, but he played good at the Masters. Ryan Fox, DP World Tour player. So, you know, he, um, I don't think he's got any course history here, but, um, a guy who's used to that type of style of golf course there. Um, other than that, 
going to have to dig a little bit deeper and see if there's anybody that I like for a best bet. But uh, I think you're just kind of, you've got some interesting names like uh, Adam Scott or Billy Horschel that are this crazy Hmm. down the list, but you know, I'm not sure with if if the form or anything like that, or, or the type of golf course that this is really fits it. So maybe they are appropriately priced, but got some interesting names that are, that have this high of a, higher odds and uh maybe we can you know find something here for our best bets coming up i see your guy akshay at 250 i I mean i assume you're doing something i am gonna watch him and hope that he plays well but in an elevated event i mean i'll I'll take him in a in a in a you know secondary event or or a corn fairy but uh he's he's running with the big boys now and i you know (laughs) That's fair. Uh, someone to monitor, though. See, see if he can make the cut. Top forty would be a nice, nice performance for him yeah. this week. Um, all right, we unpacked it all. Masters review, RBC Heritage review. Um, probably no show next week. Um, so got through a lot. Uh, appreciate your thoughts and uh, really uh, grinding it out through this almost hour and a half pod. <laughs> Good to be on again. Thank you. Check out our best bets on Wednesday um, for the RBC Heritage and see if we can see if we can pick a winner uh, this time for this event. And uh, we'll also have some other good bets, hopefully, as well. Uh, YouTube channel for the, the video pod and Apple and Spotify. So thanks for listening and uh, catch you next time. Hello, friends. Goodbye, friends.